Hi guys, it's the time to step the ring with the greatest faction in podcast history. Just Freak Wrestling, the JFW podcast, hosted by Travis Stink. And I am the amazing turtle, greatest referee in the world, Nubby Jones, primetime pimp, Butler Jones, whatever you want to call me. Just don't call me late for dinner. Nubby, I'm glad you're back here. Uh, it's just you and I tonight. Uh, Steve and Dally cannot make it. Totally cool, though, um, because you and I are going to have a chance to kind of, like, catch up and uh, recap uh, not only SummerSlam, because we do want to talk about that pay-per-view, because a lot of things have happened uh, over uh, this past Sunday on SummerSlam alone. But uh, you got a lot to talk about uh, as far as independent wrestling goes. Uh, so we're going to save the independent stuff for the main event here of the show. Uh, as we usually do, kind of save it for the ending. And uh, we're going to dive here into SummerSlam in a little bit. But before we do any of that, I just want to remind all you guys out there that this episode of the JFW Podcast is brought to you by CarterComics.com. Guys, if you're just like me and you're looking to expand a collection of comics, whether it be raw or graded, CarterComics.com is the best place for you to go. It is your nonstop shop for all your comic needs. Whether you're looking for something from the DC Universe, from the Marvel Universe, or hell, if you're a fan of my... Actually, you know what? I'm right here. Ugh. My new Data E comics for Roman Reigns and Triple H. Graded 9.8. No big deal. Nubby. Those are awesome. They are incredible. Uh, and I got word. And you guys could do this, too. I don't want you to think I'm getting special treatment because I uh, am sponsored by CarterComics.com. But I reached out to Carter Comics and I told them, hey... If you have any wrestling comics, you let me know because I'm interested. And they got a Roddy Roddy Piper comic coming in. Oh, wow. So I'm really excited for that. So if you guys are out there and you're trying to find a comic and you just can't seem to locate it, and you went to CarterComics.com and it wasn't available on their website, or you went to one of their four different eBay accounts, just seemed to couldn't find it, all you got to do is reach out to them and say, hey, I'm looking for Spider-Man number, blah, 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 from, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then they'll look it up, and they'll see if they can find it for you. They got connections. They have thousands of titles available. Not everything is even on the website, because they keep on adding week after week, day after day. There's always more inventory being put up. But it's all available to you guys just by going to cartercomics.com, signing up for the Carter Comic Club, filling up your cart with all their amazing comics. Use the promo code FREAKNET, that's F-R-E-A-K-N-E-T, you will save 10% on your entire order. That's right, 10%. You buy $1,000 worth of comic books, boom, now it's only $900. Math. Wow, what a concept. Right. CarterComics.com. And the best thing is you didn't use an X, Y, or a Z, or an A or a B. Hell no. No, I keep letters out of math. It is simple. You know, now if you sit there and tell me, like, well, geez, what's 10% of, uh, you know, $89? I'm like, hell if I know, but I do know. I'm just that smart. It's ninety one twenty. Just saying. So No, it's ninety twenty. I messed up. It's ninety dollars and twenty cents. See, I'm not perfect, 
But your comics can if you get the highly graded comics available at cartercomics.com. Promo code FREAKNET. Save 10% on your entire order. Do it now. Um, if you guys aren't aware, or you should be, because this show is dropping uh, the Thursday before C2E2 out here in Chicago, I will be there uh, all weekend long. I'm going to be there for FreakNet Studios on Friday, this freaking show on Saturday, and I will be support. Uh, I'll be there uh, promoting JFW on Sunday. I'll be walking around, meeting people, handing out cards, letting them know who we are here at JFW. So if you see me there on Sunday, I'll be wearing my JFW shirt. I'll be looking like I do. I'll be wearing a travesty hat. So if you can't see me, you're fucking blind because I am not that hard to miss. Where are you looking at? Uh, that's McCormick Place out here in Chicago. McCormick Place? You know, I believe that's where Elite Pro had their shows at World of Wheels in 2009. Fun fact. Right? Fun fact for you guys. We enjoy Elite Pro talking, and we like to fit it in wherever we can, but he is correct. McCormick Place. Check it out. Be there. I'm, like I said, I'm there all weekend. I'm trying to get there early. I'll probably get there at 11 o'clock. I think the door's open at 10 o'clock. Um, I was hoping to maybe get uh, some signatures from some of the wrestlers there. That's way too out of my price range. Like, I, lo- I would love to meet The Undertaker, but $200 for a fucking autograph, I'm not quite there yet. Maybe one day, I don't know. But if you're there, come up to me, say hi, I'll hand you a card just because that's what I do. But you know what? I'm also going to give you a card to cartercomics.com to remind you guys to get your 10% off of using promo code FREAKNET on their website. Do it today. All right, Nubby, uh, let's talk about SummerSlam real quick. We'll get that out of the way. Um... Did you feel a difference in this pay-per-view now that it's not under a direct Vince McMahon control? Uh, maybe a little. Or maybe it's just, maybe I'm happy for new things. It's, I'm not saying that I'm happy that Vince, Vince is gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, because if it wasn't for Vince, wrestling wouldn't be what it is. But exactly. I think eventually it was going to happen, regardless of what Vince is going through or not. He yeah, could have yeah. just—he could have been the nicest guy in the world. No skeletons in his closet, and at his age, anything could have happened. Yeah. So I, eventually, this was going to happen, and no matter what, you're going to see something new, and it does have a new feeling to it. It's still got to work its kinks out, but I think we're in for a hell of a ride. I think so too. Uh, one of the coolest things was was a lot of the like returns and stuff that we saw at SummerSlam. Uh, Especially uh, through the first match where we saw Bianca Belair taking on Becky Lynch. Um, great match. Bianca Belair, I don't think, has had a bad match yet in wrestling. Obviously, it shows with her getting the opportunity to main event WrestleMania with uh, Sasha Banks. Uh, I think it was a great open. I think the match was good. I don't really recall any flaws in it. Uh, we did see an injury uh, to Becky Lynch obviously happening, but... I think one of the things that kind of uh, eclipsed the, the the match for how good it was uh, was the fact that uh, we had not one, not two, but three returns uh, post match in the form of Bailey, Dakota Kai, and now known as Eo Sky, but formerly known as Eo Shirai. Uh, again, I'm not a big fan of the name changes when they you know move up to the main roster, but. You might know better than I do because I'm trying to remember. Now, I know Dakota Kai was released. Mm-hmm. She got signed back. I'm trying to remember if Io Shirai was officially released or she just missed the chance to be released and was re-signed before that. 
Ah, uh, you know, there were so many that were released yeah. at that time. I'm not sure whether or not she was. As far as I know, she was still in NXT doing her yeah. thing, whatnot. But, yeah, I hate the idea of a name change. I yep. mean, if NXT is affiliation with WWE, what is the point? Well, yeah, and the, and I don't understand, like, how only certain people get name changes. Like, you look you look at Ciampa, still there as Ciampa, you know, but then you look at Pete Dunne, who's now known as Butch. Uh, if it's the gimmick? I, yeah, I know, but, I mean, like, like you stupid. might... stupid? Yeah, it's like you're changing... Like, why change the name at all? Raquel Gonzalez, now is Raquel Rodriguez. I don't, is that giant Gonzalez thing? Like, do they want to have the relation between the two? But she's kind of a giant. They could have kept it. It was great. I mean, there's just some, some name, some name changes are good. Some are just ridiculous. And those are a couple ridiculous names. Or name changes. Not bad names, but. So Io Shirai comes back now with a name change to Io Sky. And speaking of changes, uh, Looks like Becky is now a babyface. We saw, I don't know if you got a chance to watch Raw this week, yeah. but she did come out, give her like her babyface uh, promo, talking about how, you know, she even, she was blinded, you know, she's been blinding herself over the past year with her actions. And now she's going to go away for a little bit. When she comes back, she'll be better than ever. Uh, we saw her get attacked by Bailey, Dakota Kai, and EO Sky. Not sure of the name of the group yet, but um, I really don't know if they really need a name. No, I don't think they need one, at least not right now, unless they're just going to build up to it. I mean, no, nothing wrong with that. Not every stable needs a name, you know. Yeah. Do you think they're going to go with the Four Horsewoman just for the hell of it? Sasha's going to come back, and it's going to be a new Four Horsewoman? That would be a slap to the face to Charlotte. Oh, so would, wouldn't it? That would be yeah. funny. Did you, side note, did you catch it, uh, any of Ric Flair's final match? I saw clips. I saw yeah, him taking a heart attack. <laughs> Good, well played, well played. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, it was what it was. He was, he's old. He can't do it no more. I guess it's cool to see that stuff. I just didn't care either way. I'm not gonna. I don't shit on it, you know, because yeah. if I'm seventy something and still kind of able to do it, I'll do it. it, it it's nothing to me. <laughs> well, it's cool. It, my 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 biggest concern out of the whole thing is, and we don't have to talk too much about it, but the one concern I had was when he put the figure four in and they went for the three count on Jeff Jarrett, Ric Flair's shoulders were also down. Now, I don't know if that was just he was just straight exhausted, wasn't thinking, and it is what it is, and we're moving on for it, or for some godforsaken reason they're leaving that as an opportunity to say, hey, listen, technically Ric Flair lost his last match too. Now you're a referee and we know referees' decisions are final. They, you know, there's, there shouldn't be an overturn. You know, that decision should end. But, you know, who's to say, you know, Flair's like, oh, well, you know, I won. And then Jared being like, no, no, your, your, your shoulders are down too. Doesn't count, blah, 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 bullshit. And then leads to another one. I hope it's not the case. I hope Flair got what he wanted to out of the match. He got to tag with his, uh, his son-in-law. He took on Jeff Jarrett, which I think it probably would have been cooler if it was like Ricky Steamboat or something like that. But um, I still that, love Jarrett. That was still, a rumor. It was yeah, a rumor, but yeah, Steamboat he, doesn't want to do it. He, he he's probably as scared about his neck, which is normal. Yeah, don't blame whatsoever. Um, I can't remember what order they're in, but it doesn't matter. I'm just gonna keep going down the list and hope for the best here. Uh, Pat McAfee took on Happy Corbin. How did you feel about McAfee's entrance? 
if I can remember. Uh, the uh, the choir. I, that was funny. I had a kick out of that. Mm-hmm. The entrance was okay. I am. I was kind of irked by his gear. It seemed very thrown together. Right. I mean, at that point, you you should have some kind of gear. Yeah, because then Paul did. This was, I can't remember, this was his third or fourth match now in WWE slash NXT. We know he took on Adam Cole in NXT. He took on, uh, I think it was Theory at WrestleMania. So I guess this would be his third match. You think by now he may have thrown together some fucking gear or some shit. I mean, what? it's not like he came from the commentary table. It, he came from an entranceway. He should have yeah. had gear. Yep. I you love, know what? He was still phenomenal either way. I thought he was good. Well, he did what he could, and he did well. I'm mm-hmm. just not happy about the gear. Yeah. No, he, he's he's a great competitor. I'm glad that he has the opportunities to go in there and stuff. Um, I was kind of hoping for a loss, though. I mean, like, you know, he, you can't win every single one. I mean, but, I don't know. So far, he's undefeated, I think, right? Did he lose at WrestleMania? Oh, uh, shit. No, didn't, he, didn't Vince McMahon beat him? Oh, that's right. He wrestled twice at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so he does have a loss. Okay, I'll, I'll accept the fact that he, took on, he, he beat Corbin. Uh, U.S. title match, Bobby Lashley versus Austin Theory. To me, very lackluster. Theory, mm-hmm. Theory tapped out within seconds of being in the uh, hurt lock. Um, I don't know if that was like just like kind of like a psychological like move to keep himself healthy for the cash in later on in the evening or whatever the hell that was. But uh the match was what it was. It was Austin Theory taking on Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley's a fucking monster. There's not really much you could do to, you know, make it look like Lashley was going to lose to Austin Theory. He shouldn't be allowed to lose at this point against guys like Theory. <clears throat> Uh, tag team match. We got Street Profits versus Usos for the Undisputed Tag Team Championships. Jeff Jarrett was special guest referee. Um, good match. Always a great match with the Street Profits. I love Street Profits. I love Usos. Uh, I think they always have a good match together. I think this is a good ending to their storyline. But it seemed like they were building the ending to look like a possible split between the Street Profits with the way, um, Oh crap! Which what's the dude's name? Uh, why I just had his fucking name. What's what's the uh, street profit guy's names? Uh, right. Uh, and Mon- Montez Ford. Mont- and Montez Ford. Yeah. So Montez Ford kind of had that like heelish like response to Jeff Jarrett's count. So yeah. it almost kind of seemed like they were turning his character's attitude a certain way. And I get like you know, and it was really cool. They kind of were playing off the uh, the emotions of the situation, but to me, it seems like they're getting to a point where they will eventually split the street profit. I mean, we saw on Monday they were doing the rock paper scissors thing. Ford just kind of cuts it off, runs to the ring for the singles match against Seth Rollins and stuff. So, uh, I, I could see a split in the future. I don't think they should do it. I don't think there's anything wrong with having long-term tag team partners and stuff. Um, but you as a wrestler, how do you how do you feel about long-term tag teams? I think, well, in WWE, we need that. I We don't have a, an established tag team division. We, were, no. we talked about that in the Independence last week. 
And until we have an established tag team division, multiple, and I mean multiple tag yeah. teams, don't split the profits up because they're one of the top tag teams right now. They're over as hell, popular. They're good in the ring. Yeah. I don't see any flaws with them. So keep them together. If you want to turn them heel, sure, go ahead, but don't split them up yet. Not until more tag teams are established. Yeah, well, because I'm trying to think, uh, as you're talking, I'm trying to, like, run through my head, like, how many true tag teams, like, Dirty currently has. I mean, I, I can think of the New Day, the Viking Raiders, Street Profits, the Usos. Everyone else just kind of seems like, uh, like, Thrown, I mean, you got the Mysterios. I don't want to forget about them. They they fought for the tag team titles on Monday. Uh, lost. But uh, I mean, like when we look at like Otis and uh, Gable, they were just thrown together. I mean, now they're you know the Alpha Academy or whatever, which is I guess fine. But I would have rather seen Otis stay with Tucker and be heavy machinery. You know, I'm a huge fan of blue collar and like cowboy theme. Like those are my kind of favorite tag teams. Um. I was listening to fucking Moonshine Bandits on my way to work this morning, and all I kept thinking about was like, man, if fucking if Southland Championship Wrestling had a couple of fucking country boys to make like a a cowboy themed tag team, I know the perfect fucking song for them. I know the perfect name for them and shit. Um, will it happen? I don't know. I doubt it. I I don't think people are really too into like, cowboy-themed gimmicks anymore. Uh, Rough Crossing, you know, he pulls it off, but he's from a different era. Um, but, you know, I don't I don't really see too many fucking cowboys anymore. A lot of it, a lot of them was more like fucking, uh, like, emo, punk metal, fucking goofy shit like that. The the baggy pants, uh, heavy screamo fucking entrance music and shit, the, the sleeves, that the fucking, uh, the Hardy Boy sleeves and kick pads and shit like that. And that's all well and good. I'm not taking away from anybody's gimmicks and shit. But, I mean, like, it, almost everyone's become the same fucking thing nowadays. Yeah. You know? So we need more country, we need more country fucking characters. So, for those of you out there who want to train to go, uh, be a professional wrestler in the independence, head down to Southland Championship Wrestling, get some training in, become a fucking cowboy. I already got your fucking gimmicks. You're good. <laughs> uh, Usos picked up the win. Um, Jeff Jarrett, I think, missed a pretty important opportunity to uh, see. Uh, oh, that's some cheating. Call it, we'll call it cheating. We can do that. Uh, Liv Morgan took on Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, kind of a goofy ending. Uh, I think it was an ending that gave um, you know, gave Liz the opportunity to retain the championship. Which I think what they really wanted, and also to give Ronda Rossi a, uh, a way to fucking take a break. Uh, Ronda Rossi uh, had Liv in her armbar, and right at the three count, Liv Morgan taps out, which it's a very WWE finish. It's a great fucking finish. I'm not going to lie. I like finishes like that. But it's a very big WWE finish. Ronda Rossi attacked referee afterwards. Now she's suspended indefinitely. Who will saw that coming? But... Uh, it gives Liv an opportunity to hold on the title for a little bit longer without destroying either either right. character. That's pretty much what they were going for. You don't see endings like that anymore. It's always got to be all oh, winner this, no matter what. Now, I, I like the ending. My only problem, but uh, it's not really with that match. Yeah, it was with uh, Bianca and um, Becky. They 
to use the arm. You know, they went for a body part, and it happened to be the arm. Now I get it. That's Becky's finisher, so they're on different shows, her and Ronda. But if you're on the same show, I don't think they should have went for a body part in the beginning. At top of the show, of all places, that yeah. should have been more of a brawling-type match. And it, I'm just like, well, wait a minute. If there's an arm bar submission here, arm bar there. Someone broke the arm there. It's like, okay, kind of have the same thing. I get it. Two different shows are on the same show. Two different titles. But but I'm glad they went with the ending they did. It puts both of them up top. <clears throat> Here's the story over. So that that was good. It, it, some people think it was weird. I thought it was great. It, yeah. And people are going to ask, oh, well, why didn't the referee see that? Because the referee saw the count first. Yeah, exactly, and uh, and you know that's a good point. I really thought about the the, the dual armbar scenarios between Becky and Ronda, but it's like it's like going back to what we what I said before and what's been said thousands of times, you know, from thousands of people. You know, the referee can't see every little thing that's going on. You know, you start a count. It's not like he's fucking doing a three count while fucking looking up at you know Liv Morgan the entire fucking time. He has to focus on the shoulders coming up off the mat. So, um. I, I gotta give it to Liv, you know, she toughed it out. It was a great match against Ronda Rossi, one of the most dangerous women in DDE. Um so I, I liked it. I I love Liv Morgan. She's my fucking top five favorite woman. God, yes. God, she is the reason I'm gonna have a restraining order on me. Oh, you don't have okay? one already? Not yet. Not yet. No. No, no. I'm too shy right now. Too shy. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Mysterio took on Judgment Day. Uh, it was kind of a, a last-minute match added, I think, post-Raw uh, the week before. Uh, I think this kind of took the slot of the Riddle-Seth Rollins match that didn't happen. But uh, Mysterio took up the victory over Judgment Day due to another return that night in uh, the form of Edge. I'm still iffy on why they turned Edge back. It they didn't even establish anything with the old Judgment Day. Now they got a new Judgment Day. And they, and my other thing is they got to get their shit straight. They're mm-hmm. acting like Finn Balor was part of it originally. And Ed, they made it sound like Edge was trying to help him. Finn Balor took his spot. Yeah. Get your shit together, people. Especially WWE can't get their shit together. It's like one of the things they're trying to figure out. Like, hey, listen, maybe they don't remember this, but people do fucking remember. I I have the worst memory in the world, and I remember. (laughs) And I haven't watched TV wrestling in forever. This is the most I've watched in a long time. Yeah. Now, did you see Raw from the kind of like return? uh, They had the uh, Uso. They had Uso taking mysterious for tag times. I mentioned it earlier, but did you get a chance to watch Raw this week? I skimmed through most of it yesterday. Yeah. So. so, obviously, the Judgment Day came out to attack Mysterios at the end of the match. Ultimately, Edge, Spear, and uh, uh, Dominic uh, instead of uh, of uh, but, uh, bah, 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 uh, Balor, Finn Balor. Yeah. Are they leading up to a Rey Mysterio Edge match? That or a Dominic Edge match and... Dominic officially goes Judgment Day. See, I would like that. I would like Dominic and fucking. I want. I want. I want Dirty to have a function, a, 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 a function, 
a fucking faction that's like an NWO size, Wolfpack size, fucking DX five person. I want somebody to have a faction, Nexus, whatever. Like I just I want them to have another faction again, like the authorities, anything. They need a large group of fucking people that everyone could go against. Like Duddy is missing that. I want that back. I want Dominic to do something different. He's got talent in the ring. A lot of people say he doesn't. It, a lot of people wish they can do the shit he, he can do. He just needs to get away from his father now. I think he's well enough to go be with these guys, change the gimmick, go heal, and I think it will be successful. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah maybe it's just me, but to me, fucking uh, Dominic just looks kind of like awkward and shit when he's in the ring. Yeah, like See, he, he does. Just, he, 12, he looks like a twelve-year-old in there yes, and just yeah, bouncing yeah. around up right. the couch. Right? Why? Well, he needs to grow like a like a goatee or yeah. you know like like a like a like a fucking jawline beard. He just needs something to look like he's not the same five-year-old kid that Eddie was trying to steal from Ray in the ladder match, fucking you know, fifteen, sixteen years ago. Right. You know, that's what he needs. He just he needs to stop being like. Oh fuck! He needs to finish up this match because he has attention tomorrow. He can't miss it. He got his foot in the door with his father. All right, great. Now let's focus on the career because his father's not going to be there forever. Let's change it up now. Absolutely. Let's see. Logan Paul took on the Miz. Logan Paul picked up a huge win over the Miz. Ciampa got involved. AJ Styles came out. Logan Paul doing a lot of. Well, for any, you know, SmackDown versus Raw fan or WWE 2K fan, a lot of move stealing. We saw a phenomenal forearm. We saw some it kicks. We saw, uh, uh, the, that, I forgot, that, that clothesline thing into the corner. Uh, probably the biggest thing, the, the biggest spot of the whole match was the frog splash through the announcer's table. But, uh, that, I think. That hate- was an RVD, uh, move right there. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm not a fan of Logan Paul as a person, but I am a fan of Logan Paul as a wrestler. He impressed me. Yeah. He's, he's starting to grow on me now just because of that match. I mean, at WrestleMania, he did well, but I just didn't buy into it yet. And then he has match with Miz, and it was, I'm like, okay, all right, let's, let's give him the ball and keep going. Uh, final match, the main event match, uh, last man standing for the unified, undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Uh, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, uh, Brock Lesnar comes out in a, uh, I think it's called a backhoe. I think that's what it was, or, no, not backhoe. I forgot what the fuck it's called, but tractor. I think they called it a tractor, but it's called something else. Whatever. Um, now, but you talk about this match. I, I, I described everything else. I want you to kind of talk about this match. Give me your feedback, your input, some of the highlights and stuff you saw from this match. Alright, so Brock Lesnar pretty much dominated most of the match. Yeah. Roman Reigns, he got his ass beat. But he fought hard like he wasn't about to give up those titles. He kept getting up there that whole match. Lesnar took a beating though. Like I've never seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, in my opinion, probably one of the greatest last man's standing matches I've seen in probably a decade. 
I mean, nothing tops. Um, what was it? DJ Price and uh, Adam Cage at a recent yes. FCW show. Yeah, but, um, uh, it was a great match. Um, great storytelling. Always important. Um, I say I give it about uh, 9.5 out of 10. I uh, love the tractor thing at the end there, lifting the ring up. You know they're going to put that in the next game or two, and I can't wait to play that. Oh, and I, can't, and I can't wait for these outdoor shows to have one out in Independence because you know someone's going to do it. Or at least someone's going to drive out in a tractor. Yep. It, you know, it, like I said, great storytelling, great mm-hmm. match, and I, I, it could have went either way for me. But obviously Lesnar's going to go do his thing or whatever he's going to do. Maybe come back in a year, take it from Roman Reigns if he doesn't lose it by then. Yeah. But yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the F5 by uh, Brock onto uh, Paul Heyman through the table. I love the fake cash-in by Theory. Stopped it just in time. And, I, like, some people were saying, oh, did he officially cash in? Like, there was no official bell. No, I don't think there was, the bell. There was the no official bell. didn't take it. So, yeah, no, that has to be officially announced. I yeah. don't think there needs to be a bell if the mat, if there's already a match going on. But it needs to be officially announced. No announcement was made. Theory got his ass handed to him, and he was done. Yeah, I think the uh, the common thing that we saw as far as cash-ins and what is and what isn't is that you always have the referee handing off the briefcase to the announcer, to the ring, whoever the hell is down there. I think that would officially determine a cash-in. Um, but yeah, he he just he was gonna hand it to the ref. He got attacked. Uh, I think Roman used the uh, briefcase on Brock a couple of times. Oh yeah. Um, one of the biggest spots of the match that you failed to mention. Now, being shame on you is uh, that amazing mic catch by Roman Reigns at the very beginning. Oh. How fucking... Come on, uh, you know that was fucking cool. That was, like, too perfect. Like, it, it's just like a magnet. Yeah. It, 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 Roman Reigns had a magnet and just went, whoop! Yeah, because there's no, way, there's no way you could practice it, and I doubt you could ever fucking duplicate that, but that was fucking phenomenal. Oh, yeah. That might have been the spot of the match. And that thing start. <laughs> That's what put the point five and the nine point five right there is that spot right there. Um, well, my any, other favorite, the other favorite spot was yeah. the tractor spot, putting them in there and then dumping Roman. Dumping them out in, yep. Okay. Yeah, it, it was it was hard fought, and then uh, I think what Michael Cole announced and I never realized it until he said it was throughout the Brock Lesnar's entire WWE career, that was his first last man standing match. That might be true. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool to know. Um, it's like I think, like, no, he faced fucking Kurt Angle, but that was an Iron Man match in uh, SmackDown. Right. But um, is there anything else from SummerSlam that happened that we didn't mention? I know they announced that uh, WrestleMania 40, I think, is going to be in Philadelphia. I think they mentioned, I think it's in Philadelphia. Yeah, I think it's Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah. It's in Philadelphia. Yeah. Which is going to be interesting. Yeah, fucking, uh, and, uh, uh, Riddle came out to challenge Seth Rollins, even though he was injured and got curb stomped. So, 
there's that. <laughs> that. That was kind of the most pointless part of the show. Yeah, yeah, that'd be some filler shit. But a lot of cool returns, a lot, a lot of awesome matches. There's just, there's just a different feel, and I don't know if it's just a mental or an actual acknowledgement of a different uh, change that came from that pay per view that you could see differently from the old regime to the new regime. But uh, it, it just, for some reason, it just seemed a little bit more of like a crisp old time fucking WWE feel before it became like so like HD and. I noticed there were a lot less camera cuts than what we've been seeing a lot lately. Because I know that he got really big into fucking camera cuts in a lot of their matches. They're still annoying on Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to get a seizure watching them. <laughs> so, uh, all in all, SummerSlam was great. Uh, good chance. Uh, Nubby, you won. You won by one point. So I, lost, I lost one, didn't I? Uh, no, you got six of them right, so... You got three of them wrong? Oh. I can tell you which ones, but I already threw my clipboard away. So. <laughs> That's fine. And I go pick it up, but I don't want to. But you won. I, I got, you got six, I got five, I think Dally got uh, four, and I think Steve got three. If I remember right. Either way, you won. You're officially on the scoreboard now, so you're on your way to uh, becoming the uh, pay-per-view uh, fantasy champion of JFW. All right. Cool. All right. Um. I'm going to talk about my one thing for indies, and then I'm going to give you the rest of the show to talk about your indie stuff. Um, The first thing I want to talk about, and I'm hoping everyone who does listen to this show, they also follow Southland Championship Wrestling on Facebook, because I'm going to play you a backstage conversation from the professor and El Dorado post uh, POW attack uh, on uh, El Dorado and BJ Price in their uh, Foss Town Anywhere match. Uh Keist, uh, or the professor he's known as now, did uh, come out and announce that he's creating a faction known as Top Shelf, and the first person involved in that is El Dorado. Um, but then uh, after match, uh, this is what the professor had to say to uh, El. Oh my God, this is what professor said to El Dorado post match. Oh Hold on. What the hell are you doing? Yeah, blah, 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 blah. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing anymore, man. Hold on. Where's that? There it is. Okay, cool. That's not it. Okay? They're not all going to be like this. Okay? I'm putting together a stable. We're going to have the best and brightest in SCW. Okay? We're going to reach heights that nobody has ever seen in a stable in SCW before. But I need you. I need you to trust me. I'm going to build everything around you. So I need you to trust me. And I'll take you where you need to go. Can you do that? Can you trust me? I know what you've done in the past few years. I, I can see what you can do, fool. I want to put my trust in you, okay? I make you part of me, make familiar, but you can't fail me. But I trust you. All right. So, for those of you who don't know who the professor is, uh, a lot of people know him as Keist, former SCW president, uh, former member of Bulletproof LLC. Uh, probably one of the most hated groups in uh, Southland Championship Wrestling. 
Uh, turned a corner. New guy, new name, new outfit, wearing a trench coat, wearing a hat, as if he just walked off of uh, a stage uh, doing Singing in the Rain. Um, and he decides he wants to create a new group. He wants to he wants to lead a group rather than just be part of it. Uh, he announced it being top shelf, as we saw. El Dorado, uh, the official first member of it. Uh, El Dorado welcoming Professor into his familia. Uh, and putting a lot of trust in the Keist. Uh, Turtle, I don't want to say you're fairly new to SCW, but, uh, you've been around with them, like, what, the last year, year or so, blah, blah, blah. So you had a chance to maybe see a little bit of Keist, maybe kind of see what he was about. Looks like he kind of turned a corner. Does Eldorado trust the professor? I mean, I've only been with the company for a short time. So I got to see what Keith was all about before the, his team disbanded. But I got to see him before that, go on the shows. Um, do we trust him? Uh, I want to. Because everyone deserves a second chance. You know, people change. They can change. But we saw the, how dirty he was. Could this be more dirty tactics? Could this be part of the plan of attack? You know, what if he's part of power or something? You don't know. I mean, it's, it's gonna be, remains to be seen. After all, he was, he was a president at one point and then he turned. Well, what makes you think he won't do it again? But you know what? I, I hope for the best. I, Maybe he did change, and if Eldorado trusts him, or he's going to learn to trust him, I guess this will be a fun ride to uh, see, you know. And who's going to be the next member? That's what I'm looking forward to. How many members are there? Right. It, there's, there's a lot of questions circling, like, this whole situation. Obviously, it, it's fresh in Southland Championship Wrestling. Uh, I, I'm the GM of High Voltage, and I just found out about all this uh, the same night that, uh, fucking Steve, uh, Steve Arendt, Arndt, Arnett. How do you pronounce his last name? Arend. Whatever. So, Steve Arndt, uh, fucking blame me for everything that happened on the show. Whatever. Uh, so it was all brand new to me. Um, I, I've seen the evolution of, uh, Douglas Keast, uh, uh, now going by the professor. So it's one of those things where it's hard to gain somebody's trust back when you lose it. Um, but I'm willing to give Keith the benefit of the doubt because it seems like he did kind of turn in, turn over a new leaf. Uh, he's trying to give an opportunity to be a better person. So I'm willing to give him the opportunity to show that. Uh, I think El Dorado is, uh, a big enough star to where, you know, Keith could build a group around him to be huge in the wrestling business. Not even just SCW, but, you know, it could be the next ARC. Yeah, I said that shit because I don't care. Um, but also at the same time, if Keith says anything backhanded or shady, I'm sure Eldorado will drop him, and Keith probably knows better not to do so. Yep. So I just wanted to share that little tidbit in case you guys aren't following Southland Championship Wrestling that was released on their uh, Facebook page. Make sure you do follow SCW Southland Championship Wrestling on Facebook so you keep updated not only for the upcoming shows, which I believe the next one is August 27th. 
Yes, Saturday, August 27th. Saturday, August 27th in Shabance. Uh, so make sure you do follow them. Can't keep it up. Also, make sure you follow JFW. If you're not following JFW on Facebook by now, fuck you. What are you doing wrong? Yeah, I know. You fools. All right, Melby, talk about your shit because uh, you have a lot of information to cover as far as independent wrestling. Uh, most of it seems personal. All right. Um. Well, since we were just on SCW, well, I'll bring up the um, POW has a show this uh, Saturday, along with another show that I'll talk about in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it, there are some SCW versus POW matches. There was a, a major change in the tag team match. It w- was supposed to be Eric Freedom and Jimmy Blaze against uh, Elite Pain, but due to uh, personal issues beyond their control, Hunter Payne and Marco Anthony will not be there. Instead, and this is where I am kind of cringing about, uh, Commissioner Hedford got a phone call from Terry Allen and told him about the situation, and instead of canceling the match, they replaced Elite Payne. And this is where I'm questioning Terry Allen's Mind, he has put DJ Price and El Dorado together. Now, I am not questioning the efforts and toughness of DJ Price and El Dorado. Those two are phenomenal in the ring. Big dudes don't want to mess with them. Well, I could probably beat DJ Price, but that's another story. They don't like each other. Yeah. Are these two going to put their differences aside against two POW guys? We are in a war, and Terry Allen puts these two together. What is the mindset here? And is it the correct move? Well, what I can tell you from my perspective, being a uh, general manager of high voltage and seeing a plethora of uh, SCW presidents come and go and make poor decisions. Um I I think uh I think Terry's a fucking lunatic. Uh I have no problem saying it. I will uh, gladly stand behind it and say that uh what kind of president takes two guys who absolutely can't stand each other and make them a tag team to represent SCW at POW? I mean and the thing, it's not like I could sit there and question uh, Adorado, because I know Adorado will be in there for the benefit of SCW. I don't see VJ Price going to be an SCW player when he has to sit there and tag with, you know, Eldorado, a man who's handed him a, 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 a loss on multiple occasions. So, <coughs> I think he, I, I, I don't know, I... I know fucking Terry is, you know, Power Hour Steve's boy. Fuck, I know fucking Superfan Steve's a fan of uh, Terry on. I don't get it. I don't see it. Uh, nothing against, you know, Terry and who he is. But um, nothing he has done yet has, you know, made me think that he's a good guy. Or he makes the best choices as SCW president. Now, does that make me bitter? Because 
I mean, I thought I was in the running to be SCW president, and I was overlooked because of fucking Terry Allen, who just like, oh, I'm going to go ahead and then put myself into this fucking tag team match, and if I win, I win. Yeah, way cool. But he hasn't done anything as SCW champion to prove that he is even an SCW guy. I mean, fuck, he, he, he put a video out not too long ago on Facebook, and right behind him was a POW championship. So, I don't know if going into war with, you know, a company he has a lot of history with, you know, is something that maybe people at SCW should think about a little bit more and think, like, is he truly on our side? Making this tag team match doesn't make it doesn't make it seem like he's really an SCW guy. It seems like he's setting our guys up for failure. But I could be wrong. Usually not. I, I hope they, for the sake of the company... For sake of SCW, put your differences aside and squash it for a night and then beat each other up later. I mean, VJ Price had a couple grueling matches with Jimmy Blaze and he beat the crap out of him, so there's that. But I just don't see this working out, especially in POW territory, where you know those snakes are going to use that to their advantage. Well, see, that's another thing, too. Like, you know... Who else is going to be there from SCW? Who's going to have, you know, El Dorado and BJ Price's back? You know, it's 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 a big thing where, like, you get up seeing Powell and BJ Price, you know, against El Dorado. It, it just, it doesn't, there's not a whole lot of sense that makes. You know, you could throw El Dorado with any other guy who has proven, or woman, who has proven themselves to be an SCW. I would rather see El Dorado tag with fucking Aaron Xavier. Oh, that Eric, was great. Right? And I, and even Eric Xavier, like, I mean, I think he's just, like, one reunion from John Hudson away to just reverting back to being Evil Games Evil, the bad guys who don't give a shit about SCW. But ever since JPH super kicked his wife, he's kind of really, uh, you know, flown that SCW flag uh, a lot harder than uh, even most people, and which is surprising mm-hmm. to me. I mean, you would think she'd rather be flying that, uh, flag, but after what happened to him at Steam Hollow that time, but hey, man, that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> no, God, no. C-Red's off for himself. What, what's that What's that goofy little symbol? It's like a fake uh, diamond, but not. It's like an A, but not. Yeah. It's, it's, like a, it's like a diamond cut. It's like, it's like a diamond, but like one of those fake-ass diamonds. So it's not like a pure, there's not like a good cut to it. Goofy. It's like Nothing against those, you, though. Nothing against you, Red, though. No, he loves you, Red. It's like one of those diamonds, though. Like, you put it to your skin and your skin turns green or something. Right. It's one of those diamonds that are, like, on, like, the plastic ring you get out of the 25 cent dispensary. <laughs> Cracker Jacks, right? Yeah. All right. Um, <clears throat> I'm not going to go with uh, through the card for them because, well, fuck them. Don't care. Yep. Uh, fuck Chris Hedford, you're a bitch. Um, now what, so what, what, what is the problem? Give me, give me, uh, give me some reasons why Chris Hedford is such a bad guy. I have yet to meet the guy. Obviously, being a pod dude, clearly he's a dick. But is there anything truly about Chris Hedford that makes him an asshole other than the fact that he just manages a uh, pow or runs pow? I'll give you a perfect example. 
Yes, because I don't know the guy. That's the thing. And I would love to know the guy. Now, even though Jimmy Blaze was there, you know, leading the charge, but the one that was barking the orders when we were attacked at the training facility during a birthday party. You mean the one that that, Steve invited him to? You know, it it could have been anybody inviting them. No, no, Steve did it. There's a Facebook post. No, no, I mean, you can... You can blame it on Joe Schmo, but oh, I'm blaming I'm blaming Steve because he's the one that invited him there. All right, you can uh, we can blame him, but you you can blame anybody at this point. But my thing is just Steve. We'll blame Steve. All right, Steve is the blame. Steve's the one that invited him. He's the one that called him out. He challenged him to show up on Sunday at the high voltage show. It's all Steve Arnett's Arnett's errand. Stevie's fault. It was all power hour Steve's fault. He invited it regardless of what anyone says. He invited them, and I got blamed for that, too. Every time, every time I get blamed for something, Steve's at the fucking point of it. Well, okay. anyways, I don't want I don't want to interrupt you. That's being rude. I don't want to do that. I'm not going to fucking hold up a, a cutout face of some fucking dude who looks like a young Tom Brady, and, you know, I'm not going to do that shit because we don't do goofy shit like that here at JFW. So go ahead. Regardless of all that jazz, whether Jimmy Blaze was there or not, the one that was barking the orders, Chris Hedberg, the one holding a chair and any other weapon that was there, he hit me. That's why he's a bitch. Gotcha. And besides, uh, you know, being a hypocrite, too. One of the biggest hypocrites I know. So he's a hypocritical bitch. So if I was to get Chris Hedford on this show, would you have a problem with that? No, because then that gives me more chance to call him a bitch to his face, even though I'm not in his face. But I'll say it to him, and I don't. And again, I don't have to get banned from social media because <laughs> JFW is not going to ban me from stating Fuck no. my case. Fuck no. Well, b- even though we are Southland. Uh... Um, uh, what the fuck is the word? What word am I thinking of? I got I, 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 no, Even though we're Southland friendly here on JFW, uh, we do keep the opportunity to have other companies and other people from other companies on this show. So I'm going to make it a point. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to either get Chris Hedford or Blaze on the show, maybe even Scott Spade. Because I do want to get Powell on here because I don't want to seem like I'm being impartial. I don't want to be a one-sided, I don't know, a power hour Steve type of guy. I want to give everyone their opportunity. Um, which, by the way, Steve, congratulations on your 100th episode. Um, I watched it, and I'm excited to talk about that. But <laughs> um, well, we're going to get through the indie stuff, and then I'm we're going to get to that. Because, oh, yeah, and I am not... <laughs> I mean, and I can't be totally mad at Steve, but I am. But we'll get to why. Yeah, because well, the more and more I think about it, the more I got to blame him, too. Well, I'm going to tell you why it's 100% Steve's fault after we talk about that. But anyways, Powell will be on this show. I just got to get it figured out. I got to get it scheduled. We're going to do way more interviews with wrestlers here on this show, more than we've ever done before. So stay tuned for that and keep watching and keep listening. Okay. Uh now we, okay, let's get back into more of your indie, uh, your indie news. What you got? All right, so we'll start with Northland 
Pro Wrestling, which is a Chicago-style uh, affiliation. They were once CSW Northland, you know, kind of like CSW Southland once was, but now it's now Northland Pro Wrestling. They're they're keeping it separate because too many storylines have kind of crossed over and get confusing, and sometimes we, you know, bring it up when we're not supposed to. So it became a separate, and it's not. It's like a lot of their, you know, it's like NXT ish. Mm-hmm. But I say better, in my opinion. Yes. Well, because I'm part of it, but that's just me being biased to myself. <laughs> um, and let's you see, always uh, got to put yourself over, man. That's one thing. Oh, yes. Hey, someone's oh. got to do it. Side note: Before you continue, how do you feel about calling this part of our show the Turtle Independent Talk segment? Uh, it seems a little long. How about Turtle Talk? Because I want it to be known as Tits. No, okay. <laughs> it's it's tit, titty time. Because I just want to make a shirt that says, I love tits. <laughs> okay. And, and on the back, I'll say Turtle Independent Talk segment. Okay. I love you know what? tits. That actually sounds good now that more, more and more I think about it. Let's go with it. Right. right. God, I know how to book. Anyways, okay, you get back to what you're doing. Tit talk. Let's, talk, right. let's, let's do some tits. All right. So, um, this Saturday in Woodstock, Illinois, is 240 North Throop Street. Not Troop. Throop Street. $20 tickets at the door. We got an awesome show lined up. Uh, doors open at 6, bell time 7. Um, as of right now, and the one match that I have on head in my head as I'm looking for the rest of it yeah. is Chris Miller. Not Chris Miller. He's not there anymore. Why am <sighs> I saying Chris Miller? Oh, because you know what? Metalhead is Chris Miller's cousin. So that that's where I'm con- getting confused. And I was actually talking to Chris Miller earlier, but no one needs to know about that. Um, Your BFF, Chris Miller? Oh, I still hate his guts, but I had to talk to him. Because <laughs> apparently Metalhead doesn't do social media, so everything uh, I gotta talk to Metalhead about, I have to go through Chris Miller. That's so stupid. Who doesn't I, do? I try, who, who doesn't do social media? He he doesn't talk hardly. He doesn't use his social media. He has an Instagram, but he doesn't utilize it. He's always got to have somebody else to do it. He, that's my guy, though. That is the guy I represent in Northland. So, um, it is uh, Metalhead, my guy, the most dominating force in Northland Pro Wrestling, who should be champion by now, who should have had a title shot by now, but the the people in charge are just insane. He's in a stretcher match against Doom Montgomery, who is a psychopathic idiot, that just doesn't know how to let go. He got his ass beat last time, but he wants more. Who wants more of Metalhead? Why do you think I joined Metalhead? Because if you can't beat him, join him. Sure. I have a I have a win over him, but that was via a count out. I'm not proud of that. When's Metalhead, a win? Metalhead, Metalhead dropped me on my head. 
that was when I got injured for that short time. My arms went numb and everything. It was crazy. And my dad almost got into a fight with the referee that night. It was weird. So the rest of the card, I'll just go with a couple of the matches so far. Uh, Eric Schultz, the scumbag attorney, versus Gonzo, an up-and-coming superstar who's kicking ass at CSW lately, especially in the future Battle Royal, throwing people out left and right. Doesn't get the win hardly, but he's whooping some ass over there. We got a tag team match scheduled. Now, I'm not sure if it changed, but as of right now, it's Alpha Zeta Zeta. The obnoxious frat boys. Well, I don't know if they're the obnoxious frat boys or they're frat boys or just either way. They are the AZZ. Now they will tell you it's not S. It's A Z Z. It's not A S S. But if you call them S, they will. You won't hear the end of it. So it's S. <laughs> I mean, as A Z Z versus Moon Dog Murray and Jay Thunder. Jay Thunder, who just had a match with Metalhead at the last event for yeah. Northland and lost. And Jay Thunder tried to, uh, at the show that I was at before this past one, try to interfere in, in our business when we were, when Metalhead, not me, I was not getting involved, was beating the holy hell of AJ Flyer. And Jay Thunder thought he was special, ran out there, challenged the metalhead, and, well, he ended up losing. Um, let's see. We got uh, Mateo Valentine will be taking on A.J. Flyer, the guy I just mentioned. As far as I know, is he, but is he still injured from his shoulder, his arm injury? That metalhead, you know, ruined, ruined his shoulder. And then, let's see, we got, oh, we got Anakin, not Anakin Skywalker, versus Shelly the Bombshell. Now, let me tell you about this Shelly Bombshell. She is definitely a bombshell in the ring and outside the ring. She is in association with the Polish powerhouse, or we like to call him the Polish Rock, or Rock Austin, because he's a mixture of Stone Cold and the Rock. Mm-hmm. Look at that combination. But he's Polish. So there's that. So they have an association. You know he'll be there in her corner. And that, that should be a phenomenal match. Um, and we got Cody James, who is not only the Northland Pro Wrestling Champion, he's also the All-Heel Wrestling Champion, who he beat Vic Capri last month. Yeah, last month. For that, but the all heel championship. Yeah. So there's that, and we don't know who Cody James is facing at this time. It could be an open challenge, for all we know. At this moment, he has no opponent. I'm sure it, if any other um, information pops up, just look out for Northland Pro Wrestling on Facebook. They have their own Facebook page, and um, as I look at my note, sort of notes here. Supposedly, somebody is making a return. There's names being brought up left and right. I don't know who it could be, but that's that's something to be uh, looking forward to. Someone who's been in Northland in the past will be there. So, again, uh, be there in Woodstock for Northland Pro Wrestling 
is 15 or not 15 i wish it was 15 uh 20 dollars at the door uh, well i gotta pull that back up again see technology sucks sometimes it's 240 north through street in woodstock illinois six doors open bell time seven and that is the rundown for northland pro wrestling at this moment at check for more information at northland pro wrestling on facebook well, you and uh, you and Steve are now officially administrators on the uh, JFW Facebook page, so you guys are welcome to post and share any information that you, from these shows that you see fit on that page. And I will be doing that for sure. Hell yeah! Um, now I want to get into a little bit of Rocket Pro Wrestling, just a tiny bit. We got a little bit of a nugget here. Um. Let's see, let me pull this up. Ugh. Well, anyway, uh, they return September 10th in Juliet, St. Joseph Park, 700 Theodore Street. Doors open at 4. Now, this now this is one of the reasons why I like these guys. They start early. That yeah. way we can get home and do what we got to do. Doors open at 4 p.m. Bell time is at 5. And guess what? They start on time every time. There has not been one show that I've been at. They have not started on time. So we got that. There is a 20-man Rocket Rumble. I was right. It is the Rocket Rumble, and the winner gets a future RPW Championship match at Darkness Falls, which I assume is in October. Um, Let's see. Uh, they Okay, one of the matches signed for this show in September. It is Quinn Widock. Versus Damian Morningstar. Versus Aaron Stone. Versus the Ryan Matthews. The card out uh, guy. Or cardboard guy. Cutout guy from the Power Hour. You know. The timeout flag. The I Ryan Matthews. He's a real person. He calls himself. <laughs> We've got. Um. A big match, two big guys. Cody James will be taking on the 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 master of the Chicago Bear Hug, Steve Michaels. I'm sure you can put two and two together on that gimmick. Big guy, nice guy. Don't want to get in a bear hug with him. He will not survive. You know what a really good bear hug? The old timer from Elite Pro Wrestling. Old-timer Jeff King? Old-timer Jeff King. You ever, uh, you ever, I heard you're still going around. Yeah. You, uh, you, uh, I, I, had, uh, I had the honor of talking with him at a uh, powerhouse show down in Pontiac about uh, two or three years ago. And I'd be lying if I said this dude has seen a microphone before because uh, holy hell. Like he just got he just got mouth the fucking microphone and just gargled right fucking into it. It was intense. Oh wow. Yeah, but God, that fucking voice, man, that raspy fucking like like that. You know that dude just left the mines to get to the fucking wrestling ring. But that bear hug, yeah, that bear hug is no fucking joke from Jeff King. Oh, I did a little uh, training with him. You know, when we had a uh, little bit of a practice before shows, mm-hmm. and, you know, for someone who's an old-timer, he can move. 
Oh yeah. yeah. Move like a luchador almost. Not right. quite like, not quite like Rey Mysterio, but he's that good. And for an old timer, mm-hmm. he's probably younger than me, but um <laughs> <laughs> Gotta work the gimmick, brother. Gotta yep. fucking work that gimmick. Uh another match that was just recently posted. Marche Rocket, all day Marche, will be taking on current Impact Wrestling star Jason Hotch. Oh, and nice. What, and one will be one hell of a match. And it's happening at Rocket Pro Wrestling. I had to reread that just to make sure because I started reading it and I'm like, okay, September, yep, good. That match is happening. They are bringing Impact star Jason Hotch. Now, I'm not familiar with him. I don't watch Impact, but, hey, it should be a great match. I mean, every match with Marche is great. Marche is one of the best out there. No no doubt about it. And then that's all the matches I have seen so far. Then we also got the fabulous idols who have now control of Rocket Pro Wrestling because they won their... Survivor Series matchup at their show in May before their break. You don't so, seem too happy about that. Well, <laughs> let's just say Joey Roth is the leader, the manager of the Isles, and he cost me my, well, I can't say it was my Chicagoland Championship because it was no longer my belt. It was no longer... A, IPW's belt. Mm-hmm. Um, I had Rock and Riviera pinned, and Joey Roth came out, got distracting the referee, and he gave Rock and my nunchucks behind my back, and I got hit with my own weapon. Oh, and now Rock now Rockin's the champion, the first ever Rocket Pro Chicagoland champion. And all the idols have all the titles, and now they got the company. And I just signed with Rocket Pro, so and I got to deal with them. But I have made it my goal to be the biggest thorn in their side. Hell yeah, man! Fuck yeah! It's not the first time I've taken out a, a group. I mean, I took out Steve's group back at Global. All by myself, and all I had to do was fake a uh, how do I fake depression? That's what it was. I faked depression and got in Steve's head. And when it was re- revealed that it was all part of my plan, that's when he had his downfall and lost his match and lost control of global. So if I can't beat them physically, I just beat them mentally. It's what I do. Oh, yeah. I'm a pain in the ass. It's true. That's, right. um, <laughs> that's all I got for Rocket Pro. Um, we got crash tested stuff to talk about next week. Okay. Um, I mean, I mentioned a little bit last week about it. Actually, it's, it's short. Um, so I mentioned there's going to be some gauntlet matches. It's not all going to be in the same night. The yeah. very first gauntlet match will be Eric Schultz of the High Society, and it'll be in September, September 24th 
to be exact. And if if they each member survives their gauntlet, then they get a future title shot. But the one that I'm that I am officially a part of against their leader Cameron will be sometime down the line. So each show will have a different gauntlet, and that'll be for each member. Uh, next week, I'll bring up uh, IPW stuff that we just just happened. I don't want to draw it out to have too much out there. I want to have each show yeah. going forward a little bit tidbits here and there. So I'll bring up IPW next week. I just had to get some of this stuff out. Northland for sure. Um, I could have saved Rocket Pro, but I was just excited because I'm so excited to get back to Rocket Pro. They, they're one of those companies that, you know, took me in and they actually care and want, want to help me see me yeah. succeed. And we got good things happening. Um, there is one thing I want to bring up and that is from Chicago style wrestling because a couple matches did come up today for their next show, which is August 19th in Franklin Park. And it's called Rotten to the Core. And you can probably say that name came because we've got Carlito coming in for that show. That's really awesome. I Rocket Rocket Pro and CSW are two uh, companies that are on my list of ones I have to see and I have to see soon. Uh, the biggest thing with CSW is it's just a drive for me. Franken Park is a fucking haul for me. Um, you know, I guess it's not really a haul, but it's a driving home from it that it's just like, oh, it just takes, wrestling just takes so much out of you when you're there enjoying the show. Okay. But, but Rocket Pro, uh, like I said, it's right in the middle of the afternoon and shit like that. So that, that's why I can definitely make it to it. It's Juliet. You know, so that's not that far. And it's an early show too. Yeah. And they got good food. They got beer. Oh. A nice, a very nice setup. It's going to be great. You'll have fun. It's very Star Wars-like. I mean, Rocket, bro, Rocket, you know. It's not the good Is there a VIP seat up front for Travesty? I can make it happen. Because there really should be front row VIP seats for Travesty at these shows. I can I, I can talk to a guy. Yeah. I, I mean, I could ask certain somebody, but he may not do it. So I'll right. I'll go to them personally. Good man. Because I don't understand how the general manager of High Voltage doesn't even have a front row seat at fucking SCW. I got to sit in the back next to fucking Superfan Steve. Ugh. That's a travesty for sure. Boom. Let's wrap this up right, in so, power hour because I'm excited to talk about this moment. All right. oh, I'll bring you, up Chicago Style next week. Yes. Um, IPW and anything else that comes apart. All right, let's go with this power hour stuff. Cool. Now, so, just now, just to tell you, I do have a recording of what is said. Would you like me to play that now for you? Play it. Let, let them hear it because, and then I'll, and then I'll talk about why it, why it happened. Okay, let me get this uh, get this going here. Cause God, I, I just like as soon as I heard him, like I got to. And then I announced it was Turtle. Turtle's angry at Cameron. Turtle's oh, angry. Absolutely. And the second. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Jed. Jed, I'm sorry to interrupt you. 
You can't say that name on this show anymore. Can I say Nubby? No. I don't know where he is. C-Red made it very clear. No, he's he's said to us. C-Red made it very clear that he made a choice. The backstabber in a half show? No, no. Right, C-Red, Turtle's dead to us? That's the first one. Backstabber in a half shell. So, be that is what's said on the Power Hour. Um, go for it. Let, let, so, I, I, I want to hear what you have to say because I'm excited for this moment because I've been the only guy who has told people on numerous occasions how big of a piece of shit Steve is. And now I'm just happy to know that it only took you one episode for this guy to determine that you're not worthy to be on his power hour. All right, go ahead. All right, so, you know, okay, when I came to this show, we were going to put over anybody. Yeah. Because in putting over the power hour, which, you know what, let's not call them the power hour. Let's call them Tuesday Night YouTube. Tuesday Night YouTube. Excellent. So I'm, I figure we'd put them over, you know, piggyback off of them sometimes too, because they got good information. They could be one of my sources. Yeah. But now I'm starting to think they want a war. At least C-Red does, because it was actually at IPW on Sunday where C-Red was the one that said, oh, Turtle's dead to us. He, he turned his back on us. He joined that other podcast. I'm like, Oh, you're mad? Hey, Steve, you going to do something about it? No, Steve's not going to do anything about it. So it's like Steve lost control of his own show because what C-Red says, it goes. So I am dead to them because I joined JFW. Let's see here. Well, I'm not a co-host for Power Hour when I wanted to be a year ago. Mm-hmm. When the gorilla position failed. And now they got a new co-host in Cactus Rack, which, you know what? I am not going to shit on her. She's one of the nicest ladies, and she brings new flavor. I get it. Yeah. She's awesome. One of my favorite people in the whole world. And she's the better half of Hot Rod Daddy Andy, so we got that going. But I wanted to be a part of the Power Hour, and it never happened. I just became a guest who ended up beating the butt of everybody's jokes. I mean, you watch the ones with Paulie. How many times did I get, you know, the jokes on me? Mm-hmm. So, and then C-Red is belittling me, not being in it for 20 years, going to Chicago and California, not being a soul toucher, you know. Riding the coattails of Marche Rocket. So, what's wrong with me joining JFW? Because JFW is the shit. It's, I want to do something podcast-wise, and JFW is the way to go. But I'm dead to the power hour. Tuesday night, YouTube. See, it's hard to to be an (laughs) asshole. It's easy for C-Rex. I'm I'm gonna train you on that, Nubby, because I love being an asshole, dude. When I when I heard that, when I when I saw your comment, I was confused. I'm like, what did they say in here? 
that made him say that. So I'm sitting there and I'm listening and I'm like, okay, so they're going through and they're talking about everything and they start bringing up the gauntlet thing. I'm like, okay, so they're going to bring up fucking Turtle because, you know, we discussed on last week's show that this was a possibility. You're going to be in a gauntlet match and everything. And then the moment fucking Steve, who pretended to be everybody's friend, he came on this show and we were supposed to have a fucking all-out fucking conversation about how... You know, he fucking badmouthed me, and I badmouthed him, and we went back and forth and everything. And all of a sudden, it turned into a, uh, you know what, Travis? I was wrong. I made a mistake. I am on the Steve apology tour, and blah, 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 blah. All that fucking happened after I had to point out everything wrong with his episode from the previous week. And I committed. I committed three episodes of JSW just to prove a fucking point. That everything he said was a lie, and it was misdirected at what was the truth. And I thought we were fine. We did we did a couple uh, fucking uh, uh, commentaries together. We had we had the conversations and discussions. I was going to be back on the Power Hour. He was going to come back on JFW. And then all of a sudden, he starts pointing the finger at me because fucking Terry can't book his SDW show for people to fucking show up. Okay, I'm sorry. Fucking Kendall Fire didn't show up at SCW, and that's my fault. No. Blame the fucking booker. Or yet, blame the guy who's in charge of SCW when Terry isn't there. Nubby, do you know who that is? Uh, no. It's Steve. Uh, Steve is in charge of SCW when Terry Allen is not present. The same fucking guy who watches Pow Attack SCW after Pow Attack of SCW after all the shady shit that keeps going on. And Steve just sits there at his fucking desk going... This is this is atrocious. This is despicable. And all these goofy fucking big-ass words he thinks he needs to use to make himself sound more intelligent and more pleasing to the fans. Just say it. This is bullshit. Well, no, he can't because the only thing that's bullshit is the shit that comes out of his mouth week after week. And then all of a sudden, boom, C-Red says Turtle's fucking dead to the power hour. Why? Because I gave Turtle an opportunity to come on JFW and he took it because the Power Hour didn't see the fucking investment or the fucking boost in, like, you know, viewers and information in independent wrestling that Turtle has to offer. No. No, they had to fucking fill it in with, with fucking, uh, what, what the, what's the dude? The dude who stole Jay Jensen's fucking gimmick, the real deal. Oh, Rayon Skills? I got nothing against Rion Skills except for the fact that he's not the real deal. Jay Jensen's the real deal. Okay. Jay Jensen, yeah. Jay, but no, it's Rion Skills, one of the best dudes. Rion Skills is impartial on that show, and I'll give him that. To me, he's not the real deal. He won't be. Nothing against him. I... I don't know him. I've never seen him wrestle. But I know... He's not Jay Jensen. He's not Jay Jensen. He's not Elite Pro Jay Jensen. He's not the bully Jay Jensen. C-Red, I respect C-Red too. He just won an award with the fucking Soul Touchers a couple weeks ago. Got awarded some fucking award for the Soul Touchers. Nothing against him. He said it himself. He spent 20 years in this fucking company. You Google his name, he shows up, he's world fucking wide. And that's all well and good. Steve fucking knows every fucking company from fucking Wisconsin to fucking Indiana, out to Iowa, whatever. He got his name out there. And that is fucking wonderful. But the problem is, 
is that they had an opportunity to have you, Nobby, to have you, Turtle, to have you, Mike, on the fucking Power Hour. And instead of taking the opportunity to see that as a great success for their show, they said no. They moved on and they found other fucking people. And now they got four different fucking hosts. And keep in mind, everything that Steve said about Cactus Rack, is that her name? Cool. Everything he said about her is the exact same shit I said when Dally came to JFW. A woman's perspective of wrestling. Now, hey, cool. She's going to do the the roller derby thing. Awesome. I didn't even know that was a fucking thing anymore. But, hey, good for her. But everything he said about fucking Cactus Rack is everything I said about Dally when she came in. So now they got three guys and they got a girl. They got four co-hosts of the Power Hour, which is kind of funny because there's four co-hosts for JFW. And there's three guys and there's a girl. Huh. You know, I never thought of that until now. Yeah. Yeah. And they got somebody who runs their fucking mouth. There's someone who's informative about the, there's two people informative about the business. And then you got the girl who's also going to throw her opinion in there too. All Power Hour is now is just JFW fucking light. And congratulations for having 100 episodes. I remember having 100 episodes at 1.2. And then I moved forward. But hey, I'm not going to take anything away from the Power Hour totally. Because they do one thing that we can't do, and they have enough fucking interviews consistently to make their show more downloadable and more viewable than maybe what we have at this time. But I know for a fact that's going to fucking change, and that's because Turtle is here on JFW. That Turtle's the fucking guy who's going to take JFW from a show that just pops in from time to time because we can't sit there and really figure out what we want to do next to actually have more informative information on the independent scene in, in in Illinois. It's like I told Steve, like, Turtle's going to be here. He's going to give us the daily shit that's happening in independent wrestling. Just like Steve is here to kind of talk about the history of independent wrestling. Dally's here to give her perspective of both televised and independent, and I am here just to fucking talk. Because regardless of what C-Red wants to believe what makes somebody popular in this industry, or what Steve believes JFW really is, you Google my name, I show up, and I wasn't in this business for 20 fucking years. I was in this business not even for a cup of coffee. I'm, I was standing in fucking line to get coffee, and the coffee machine was fucking broke. That's how short my fucking time in this fucking business was. I spent more time podcasting about this business than I was training in the ring. But I bust my ass regardless. I go to fucking SCW. I'm one of the few guys there who was there to kind of uh, do maintenance and shit to the fucking training ring. Because nobody else wants to fucking do it. And that's insane, too. And I sit there and I talk to the fucking trainers. You guys have multiple fucking guys who come in here. And they practice on Tuesdays and they practice on Thursdays. But they don't commit to the business like we had to back in the fucking day. Like I sat there and asked them, when was the last time they went on to fly ring? They don't do that anymore. Why? Because fucking social media made it easier? Fuck that. Go throw some flyers up at a gas station. Or a store, anywhere else. They don't fucking do it. But we had to do that. So I understand the business. So I understand when I needed something to make this show more than what it is, boom, I went to fucking Nubby. And that's what I love about this show. And that's where the power hour is going to fucking fail. Not because you can't talk about Nubby. You know, I prefer if they didn't fucking talk about Nubby on their fucking show. Because I only want Nubby to be talked about here on JF fucking W. 
So, Steve, I don't know what – and I don't, I'm sorry I made this about me. We're going to go back to you, Nubby. I don't want to make this all about me. But Steve just irritates me with his fucking back-and-forth idiotic fucking attitude of, oh, we're cool, now we're not cool. But he wants to sit there and blame me for pow shit, even though he allows it to fucking happen. He wants to sit here and say, oh, Steve Rudd said that fucking Nubby's dead to you. Fuck you guys. You, you didn't fucking lose Nubby. Nubby gave up on you. Remember that. You fucking remember that. You needed Nubby more than Nubby needed you. But he came to the fucking winning team. Came to the fucking right place. Anyways, Nubby, I took too much time away from you. So I want to get back to what you want to talk about. You pretty much, you know, <laughs> you went off on a tangent for me. Awesome. I know. Um, well, <laughs> okay, so here's my issue with this. Yeah. Okay, so we can, yeah, you put the blame on Steve for most of it. My thing with him is how is he going to let C-Red say that? How do you let C-Red say, I'm dead to you guys? But you're going to fucking sit there and say, where were you when I was getting my ass beat by the workhorses on Sunday? And I did explain where I was. I was out there, but I was told to stay back by the messenger of IPW who said the board directors did not want anybody involved. They wanted Steve to take it for what it is. That's why I wasn't in that ring. But, wait, I'm dead to C-Red, but C-Red showed his ass after the beatdown as well. But he's not picking on him. He's picking on me again. I am not there for the good old Steve, but I'm there for you all the time. Blah, 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 blah. Save it, man. You're a flip-flopper. I'm just going to go on and say it. You are my friend. You are a flip-flopper, though. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to the workhorses, I'm going to go right into that real quick. Fuck you, workhorses. Fuck you big time. I'll see you in the ring someday. Even if I have to go to ARW to do it. Hey, ARW. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> Speaking of which, they have a show next week, and we will talk about them. I think priority of the first independent show that we'll talk about next week. Because yeah, there's a big mean. match. Big fucking match that's going to happen. And I'm going to make sure I'm there for it. But yeah, awesome. fuck you, C-Red. You couldn't beat me in a match anyway without your uh, ARC friends. So, fuck you. <laughs> and fuck Tuesday Night YouTube. God. <sighs> Doesn't it feel good just to fucking vent and get shit out? Isn't it wonderful? It, it like, I'm not used to doing it, so it's harder to get it out there. But once I'm on a roll, I'll keep going and I can't stop. And then I'll be like, wait, what am I talking about now? Right. That's what I, that's what I love about doing podcasts, man. Like I'm at the point in my life where you know what? If I'm if I got something to say, I'm gonna have to fucking say it. I can't just sit there anymore and just be like, oh hey man, you know that's cool. It's like no, you badmouth me, then fuck it. You know you you're you're nothing more to me now. And you know what? I'm not blowing smoke up your ass when I said it. Now, but I'm glad you're here, and I know you're gonna make this show better. Power Hour fucked up when they didn't take an opportunity to put you on uh, on their show. You know, guess all fine and good. But, Nubby, you need a mainstay, and you're going to be a mainstay here in JFW. 
Because you're going to bring the independent information to our viewers on a weekly fucking basis. So they fucking know. Is there anything else independent-wise uh, we need to discuss before we wrap up? Uh, there were just two matches that were uh, brought up today for Chicago-style wrestling. I could throw them out right now. Um, it's going to be Axel Rico, finally, after all this time, getting a shot at the CSW heavyweight title against Joey Jet Avalon. And then Carlito, former WWE star, will be taking on a, a young up-and-comer, uh, can't say his name right, in your rest or something, just go to Chicago Style Wrestling Facebook and uh, look it up. I can't say the name right. Even if I spelled it out to you, I still couldn't say it right. But mm-hmm. he's an, a young up-and-comer, great athlete. He actually had a match recently with Axel Rico. And let me tell you, I ref that match. They blew me up. <laughs> But that's all I got for Chicago Style Route right now. More to come in the next few weeks before the show. Other than that, I got nothing else this week. I think I'm good. I think I need a, a nap after my rant. <laughs> Excellent. Guys, make sure you go ahead and check out uh, us on social media, at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, just by searching Just Freak Wrestling or the JFW Podcast. Uh, if you guys are a professional wrestler out there and you want to be interviewed on our show, you can reach out to us at jfwpodcast at yahoo.com or just reach out to us on the Facebook page or go to com and uh, click the submission form to uh, get set up. Uh, we'll love to have you on and talk to you about your, your wrestling career and where you're at and where you've been and shit like that. Uh, except for C-Red, uh, Rion, and uh, Steve, and I guess Cactus Rack too. Congratulations for being on the B team over there on fucking Facebook and shit. Yay! <sighs> Guys, that's all I got, so it is time to ring the bell on this episode. And as always, I am Travesty. And I am the amazing turtle, the referee of all time, the greatest referee of all time. See, I'm so messed up right now. Got me going, and I can't get my words right. So, again, I say I am the amazing turtle, greatest referee of all time. Fuck you, Chris Hedford. (laughs) Perfect. Guys, this is Just Freaking Wrestling, the JFW Podcast.